Hey fuckers, what up? It's Christina Hutchinson and Corinne Fisher. You're about to listen to a clip from our show, guys. We fuck the anti-slut shaming podcast. This week we have on singer, songwriter, and music producer Skylar Gray. We hope you enjoy the clip. And if you're around February 13th, Corinne and I are doing a live Did That Help on the internet. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. if you're on the West Coast and anywhere around the world. Go to RushTix.com for more information to get yourself a ticket. If you want to hear more of our interview and more from other brilliant minds in podcasting, go to LuminaryPodcast.com. A subscription is as little as $2.99 a month. Wow. So that's a rock. That's like a... That's a rock bottom at 23, you said you were? Yeah, yeah that's very young. Ooh. So how do you get so how do you get back from, you know, back to the the light that you are when you're what 23, you think everything's over? Did you think everything was over? Yeah, I mean, I thought I failed. I thought okay. I'd spent all my life since I was 6 years old, I've been a performer. Mm. Um and so from 6 years old to 23, I was like, I've spent my entire life doing this thing that now is I'm a total failure at. Yeah. Um or like or maybe it's like I have to retire now. Like maybe it's over for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like I've already spent so much time. Sure. In it. Um, so I got of that. <laughs> well, I moved to a cabin in the woods in Oregon. Oh, that sounds nice. In Oregon, yeah. you said. Yeah, I drove up the coast, and I um, my mom's friend had this huge property with this little like one room cabin on it. And she let me live there for free in exchange for working at her little art gallery in town. Okay, this actually sounds that good. Sounds this sounds wonderful. really good. That's yeah. like some rehab, some mental, emotional heart rehab. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I was living out in the middle of literally nowhere. Like you had to even, I had to walk to the cabin because the mm. car like couldn't go up the sand dune. It was on top of a sand dune. Okay. And so it was like a quarter mile walk from the car where I had to park it to the to the cabin and like in the middle of the night walking through there with like mountain lions and stuff all wow I was terrified for the first couple of weeks until I got really used to it and then it became like this liberating like um, empowering feeling of being yeah. like I'm out here in the woods all by myself and there's wild animals everywhere and I'm like doing this I'm living like this and I'm like succeeding and yeah. it was it was so empowering it was like you can get in strongest, back in touch with yourself exactly it was like the strongest i ever felt and also just like eliminating all those people from my life that had those opinions um it made Ugh. me like hearing my own voice again inside my internal voice and i was like talking to myself out in the woods and yeah and i got back in touch with like who i am and why i did music in the first place because i kind right. of lost that being in la and like pleasing everyone and um so then i put together a little recording studio um in another cabin on the property and I started working in it and just basically taught myself how to use all the gear. Um, Damn. So Pro Tools and um, I had this like a little keyboard, a microphone, a laptop, and that's pretty much it. Right. Like a tiny little setup. And I started like teaching myself everything and making music again and falling back in love with music and doing it for the right reasons and feeling confident in myself again. Um, oh and my so, God. Then, so then I reached out to my 
publisher. So the only person I had left in my corner after everybody gave up on me was my publisher. And that's literally only because I was locked into some crazy publishing mm. deal that I like, couldn't yeah, get out of. Yeah, the beautiful but music I was like, industry. Yeah, that music industry. Those <laughs> those fucking deals say like in some of the like contracts, it'll say like to the universe till the universe ends and shit. Like my ex used to work for Def Jam and whoa, he would tell me like some of this contractual language. I'm like, holy shit, the music industry is brutal with their contracts. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, especially when you're young and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and you're desperate. And um, yeah, so <clears throat> I reached out to my publisher, though, because I was like, if I'm signed to these people, I might as well put them to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least try, you know? Of yeah. course. And so I reached out and this woman, um, Jennifer Blakeman, she was amazing. And she like was like, come to New York. Let's sit down. Let's let's talk about this. Because I said to her, I said, I have to find a way to make a living in music. Um, it's the only thing I really know how to do. I don't have mm-hmm. a high school diploma. I can't go get like some other job and I don't want to, I love music and I'm back Damn. in touch with it. I'm back in love with it. And I need to figure this out. And she said, fly to New York. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this and, and figure out a plan. And so I did. And I spent the entire day in her office brainstorming ideas. And one thing that was kept coming to me was I really wanted to you remember that song, Stan, the Eminem of course yeah thing. yeah i was like i could do that like writing hip-hop hooks but in my style because i'm not like a hip-hop singer mm-hmm. um, i'm more in the dido world of like yeah. singer songwriter and <clears throat> i just had this vision of of doing that a lot and so she um put me on email with this producer uh his name was alex the kid and we collaborated over email so i i flew back to to oregon and i was back in my cabin in the woods and and i would go to this little internet cafe or not internet cafe a cafe to get the internet i was gonna say i was like did you even have wi-fi in this cabin and you did not (laughs) i had one light bulb that just like would go out when the wind blew um that's kind of (laughs) nice just really living by the seat of your pants yeah this is great great for the movie about your life honestly (laughs) the visuals are perfect yeah yeah, I had to go outside. He's the bathroom. It was very damn like, <laughs> rustic. Yeah, very rustic. Um, it humbles you, though. And I mean, I imagine that being humbled always creates the best art. Yeah, it's not fun, but it creates really good like this drive. Yeah, it totally did. Yeah. Um, so I, I got to this cafe. I got the Internet and I got this beat, <laughs> this track that he made this this guy, Alex, the kid. And I went in my studio, I recorded a hook and I sent it back. And a month later, it was a number one song in the world. Whoa. From your that, cabin. That's yeah. So cool. Back on track, baby. Yeah. Right back on track. And that song was Love the Way You Lie. Uh, such a fucking good song. <laughs> oh, it's Thanks. so cinematic. What a comeback. So yeah. what was the period of time between rock, you know, your musical rock bottom and this comeback? Let's see. So my rock bottom started, um, I think, when I was like 21. Okay. That's the end of a rock bottom to happen because then it's like, man, when your rock bottom happens when you're like 39. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it it started then. And it like, like I said, I I stayed in L.A. um, Mm -hmm. a little bit, tried to turn it around and then it wasn't working. And then I got into a relationship and that kept me there. Um, so when I finally like broke off and drove to New York, or why did I say New York drove to, uh, Oregon, Oregon. I was 23 
So it was like a two year period of just like misery in LA. And then, <laughs> um, why, and why, like, because, um, cause like that song, love the way you lie. There's a lot of heart and humanity in that and like real emotion and real, uh, turmoil. When I think of Los Angeles, I mean, Corinne and I go to LA a lot and it's, we're stand up comedians. So it's, I guess a little different, but it, it's just kind of depressing and, and fake. And I know everyone says yeah. that about that place, but it does reek that. And it's like, yeah, I mean, play by this game where the rules really suck in order to get somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I think there's good people there. It's just there's sure. a lot of bad ones, too. So it's like hard to <laughs> find really the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. And they fuck it up for the rest of them because um, I have met some amazing people in L.A., too. It's just I've met a lot of bad ones. Yeah, they came from other places. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and it's, you know, they also it's moved a, from Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a city I feel like full of people who are just very um, self-centered and like self-important and they think they can just walk all over other people to get what they want in their careers and yeah I think you have to know that going in which I didn't you know coming from Mm -hmm. Wisconsin as this like innocent girl even though I was doing that like I was there for my career sure I didn't realize that everybody around me was going to be like doing that you know and and yeah it's like all the best people from your high school like the number ones from all the high schools are in one place and you're like yeah yeah, you guys yeah. are really good too. All right, cool. Yeah, I gotta See, get that. I feel like all the actual number ones are in New York, and then all the people who thought they were number ones are in LA. Well, for <laughs> music, for music though, music's more LA, right? Like if you're music, yeah, industry, music industry is heavy. And go to Los Angeles. Yeah, I think they like. I feel like they like you start in New York if you like actually really have, it, and then like you go there because you're where you're in your new. Are you in New York right now? Where are you? No, I'm in Napa. I live in Napa Valley. You're in Napa. Whoa. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, oh, I you made well, it, baby. <laughs> you got that napbook house because i was like right. i was like i hope you're not in new york if with the size of the studio i'm looking at because <laughs> oh no billionaire. you're a billionaire yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, this is the studio on, our, on the third floor of our house in napa nice wow. oh my god yeah. that's so fun a house in napa just sounds like it's pretty oh. magical we have a like what here. a great quarantine you must be having i mean yeah. as good as one can have but still like wow yeah, it's pretty. We're lucky. <laughs> I feel very blessed, especially. So you're um, so so what, t- what? How old are you when you leave uh, Oregon? So, um, yeah, back to that. So I got <laughs> when I got to Oregon, I was it was the end of my I think it was the end of the year in um, 2009. Uh-huh. And I stayed there through the beginning of 2010 um, I think Love the Way You Lie came out and was a success by like June of 2010. Mm-hmm. And that's when I went back to LA because I was oh. like, oh, I'm back in the game. Like, like, hey, motherfuckers, great. <laughs> Fuck you. Love the way you lie on the radio. I would be so, oh man. Because I feel like that is, that is like, that's the one positive so about the music industry. It's like you just at one hit and you're, and you're kind of back. Like, yeah, want, totally. people want to work with you immediately. Like, but you, I was oh, like, ashamed of my career before so that's why I changed my name or one of the reasons I changed my name Mm. I wanted to like come back into the industry as like a new yeah like a fresh start get a fresh start because like people I'd heard one rumor somewhere that somebody was like oh because my I used to go by Holly Brooke and people were like who's who's that girl who wrote that song and somebody said oh it's just Holly Brooke like just Mm. the just and I was like Okay. Yeah, I would never forget that until, until the day I die. Yeah, it threw me off. I'm and I was Skylar like, Gray okay, now. <laughs> I'm going to be this mysterious, like, so when I first came out of Skylar Gray, I didn't even show my face or anything. 
Very Sia. Yeah, I like it. I like and it. The move. People were like, is she ugly? Is she like, oh, that's great. Great history. Yeah. Is she ugly? (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening to that clip with Skylar Gray. Love the way you lie. That was her, her and Eminem and Alex the Kid. If you want to listen to more of that, you're going to head over to luminarypodcasts.com where you can get a subscription for as little as $2.99 a month. And make sure to go to Rush Ticks. TIX.com and get tickets to our February 13th Did That Help Valentine's Day extravaganza where you can interact with us live via the internet, COVID safe. RushTix.com. Guys, we fucked. Just search it. Don't like do a slash or anything. Bye. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com.